Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Gary and Shannon, and you're listening to KFI AM 640, the Gary and Shannon Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Amy King had a big morning today. I did. I listened to nearly your whole show, Wake Up Call. You did? I gotta say, I mean, I knew that you would knock it out of the park, but, and I, I've listened to your voice for years. I just love hearing it that early. It's the perfect voice at five in the morning. I mean, it's just, it's lovely. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. It was just like waking up to like a, a friend and just having a somebody in the car on my drive. And I really enjoyed it. So well, awesome. Welcome to the mornings. I'm thank excited. You. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure you grab your coffee every morning and join me for wake up. coffee. I didn't even need my coffee. I, uh, I didn't need it. Actually, uh, I had you and uh, you were talking, uh, you were talking to the guys from ABC News about all the old politicians, which I thought was an interesting conversation. Um, and I and it got me to thinking when I was listening to your conversation, where we are at right now with old politicians. You know, you look at Schumer and Pelosi and Feinstein and Biden and Trump and everyone that you were talking about. And I was thinking, have people just checked out? Is that why we still have the the people in power that have been in power for 500 years or, or that, you know, Trump excluded, obviously, but... Because I thought, like, in my own experience, I quit Facebook in 2016 because I couldn't handle all the fighting over politics amongst people that I know or grew up with or went to high school with or my parents' friends. And I'm wondering if people checked out when things got so divisive the way I checked out of Facebook and if people are just not paying attention so the status quo just rolls on. It's like we were paying too much attention in 2016 of making it about our identity and getting so pissed off at each other that now I think there's like fatigue and people are just like, nah, let them do their thing in Washington and we'll just roll on with the old guard. Um, so we'll talk about that coming up in Swamp Watch at 11. The alleged Gilgo Beach murderer due in court tomorrow. His wife is speaking out. Remember, this guy who's accused of killing those prostitutes, at least three, maybe a fourth, maybe more. They're looking at his other properties in South Carolina and Vegas to see if he's connected to any unsolved cases there. But she's speaking. Remember, he was married with two kids. So we'll tell you what she had to say coming up after Amy's news at the bottom of the hour. Gary is out. Um, I have a theory that he's overwhelmed by the jealousy he felt on Friday when I went to go see Taylor Swift. He was pretty upset about that. Um, but no, it's not that. And I'm probably uh, violating HIPAA laws right now. Um, but it's okay. He said, uh, he said he's got uh, back spasms. Now, I was just talking about this with my husband over the weekend. Uh, about how sometimes you think you get to a certain age and you think something's wrong, like, oh, this is how it all ends. 
You know, like I've got a back pain. And it happened to me. And Gary makes fun of me all the time about it, how I had back pain one day and thought I was in late stage kidney failure um, and rushed to the urgent care. And they were like, there's nothing wrong with you, ma'am. <laughs> Go be on your way. Uh, but how my husband and I were talking about how you get to a certain age where you think, oh, my God, it's happening. Like, this is how it ends. But then you just realize that something uh, something hurts a little bit every day, kind of. And that's just life. And that's just getting older. Anyway, so Gary's out. Hopefully he's fine. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, in the meantime, we've got a whole neighborhood of friends here. Jane Wells is going to be coming along. Uh, she has a column out about Dumb and Dumber where she breaks down how everyone's dumb and uh, why they're dumb in the business world. Dave Coons comes by to talk about what this heat is doing to your car, what it could do to your brakes. Uh, Fred Rogan is coming along to talk about the angel in the outfield that got beamed behind the plate. Uh, basically, it's a show of how many people I know in television. That's what it's going to be. Uh, but now, one of my favorite friends, Wayne Resnick, has agreed to hang out with me for a little while. Wayne, how are Good you? Good morning. I'm very jealous of your era's tour. Are you really? Yes, I am. Uh, you would not have been jealous had you been in attendance. Why is that? Uh, I mean, I'll get to the full review in Mixtape Monday coming up in the 12 o'clock hour. But it was a lot of estrogen. A lot. <laughs> it was incredible. Now, it was at Levi Stadium, which is where the 49ers play, right? So this is like my stomping grounds. I know the stadium well. I've covered games on the field for the Chargers. Uh, season tickets ever since this place opened. I know the lay of the land. But getting to our seats through the wave of women was next level. I mean, I've been to playoff games there. I have been to, to Super Bowl. I've been to the highest profile sporting events and I've never seen savage behavior the way I saw it amongst what was a 90% female crowd there at, Le at Levi's in the concourse. Can you be specific about what behavior was savage? I understand if it was crowded and I understand if maybe they were blocking your path more than at a normal like at a 49ers game but savage oh, behavior throw, throwing bows it was like being on throwing, the jv basketball court circa 1996 bows? elbows everywhere i mean oh. trying to get to the merch lines i mean it was crazy the concessions lines were insane grown women in sequins head to toe i mean part of it was like oh this is beautiful women embracing women and being able to wear stuff that your 12 year old daughter is wearing and like this is great and empowerment and yay but then you get them all together wayne and it was mm -hmm. savage beastery you're you're correct in that i'm now not as jealous <laughs> also uh well i'll get into it coming up at mixtape monday but uh i mean it was taylor swift and she's great there just wasn't a lot of production you know you go to see a beyonce show and you're like wow 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 this was a lot of Taylor Swift walking back and forth along a long stage. <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't she do the thing where she dives into the the video generated water and appears to swim? I didn't I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Also, our tickets were kind of like behind the stage a little bit. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it, the, the, I went with a girlfriend and her daughter who's 13. And so that's the, the backstory there, you know, and so um, maybe you I, just didn't get the proper experience. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think show. so. That I, show has a bunch of production values. I didn't see it because we had a screen mm. as well, though. We had a screen showing us the, the center stage. Yeah. And I just I, I don't mean to let you down, Wayne, uh, but it didn't wow me.
Well, no, you're not letting me down. You're making me feel like, oh, thank God you didn't invite me. <laughs> uh, some stories we're following for you today. A longtime friend and business associate of Hunter Biden expected to testify on Capitol Hill today. His name's Devin Archer. He's going to appear before the House uh, Oversight Committee. He's going to share details about foreign ventures and meetings with Hunter. They believe it could shine light on the level at which President Biden was allegedly involved with Hunter's dealings. Uh, also, the property manager of Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate made his first appearance in a courtroom in Miami today. He was indicted on charges including conspiracy. Uh, looking 20 years, I believe, connected to that charge. And I don't know, Wayne, how do you prove that if nothing was deleted, if, mm -hmm. if the security footage that they believe uh, Trump tried to have deleted or instructed people to, to delete was never deleted, how do you prove that? Well, you have you can have a conspiracy to have it to, to ah. obstruct justice by deleting it. If you yeah. have an agreement between two or more people and somebody takes one act in furtherance of it, boom, they have you. Also, there could be a, that it was an attempt. I love the conspiracy charge because mm -hmm. you can conspire to kill somebody, screw up the killing, and get more time for the conspiracy than the botched killing. That is true. I love it. Um, also in Washington, it looks like the government funding fight continues. We go live now to Jay O'Brien with ABC News in Washington with all of the latest coming up about this threat of a looming shutdown. Jay, I feel like we've got shutdown fatigue. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the other thing that we have is Congress fatigue in a lot of this country. And I think one of the things that Americans don't necessarily realize about the United States Congress is that they get the whole month of August off for what is an essentially vacation. Now, they go back home to their congressional districts and it's called a district work period, but they are not in D.C. for every single day in the month of August. Why is that important? Well, Congress has to pass. 12 appropriations bills to fund the government. They have to go through both the House and the Senate and be signed by the president by September 30th to avoid a government shutdown. And the House right now, as of their vacation, has only passed one. The Senate has passed none. And they don't come back until the beginning of September. So they're going to be in crunch time to pass all this stuff and avert the possibility of a shutdown. And they are running out of time, guys. How much do they care? How much do lawmakers care about this? Do they know the temperature of the country, like you pointed out, is in this shutdown fatigue and lawmaker fatigue and maybe just not paying enough attention to, to, to care about this? That's a great question, actually. And it's interesting because especially in the Republican conference, there are different points of view. So there are some House Republicans who say a shutdown is not an option. And then there are other House Republicans who say they would be okay with a shutdown. One, Bob Good of Virginia, who's a member of the House Freedom Caucus, made a point last week to say that he thinks that most Americans wouldn't even notice if the federal government shut down temporarily. And that is important because it's really going to be on the backs of House Republicans that a lot of this stuff gets passed because these spending bills have a lot of conservative priorities in them. They have a lot of spending cuts in them. And so they're not going to get support from House Democrats. They're going to face their own hurdles in the Senate, too. But putting that aside for a second, Kevin McCarthy has got to make sure that most, almost all of his House Republicans vote for these spending bills to make sure that they even get out of the House on their way to a possible compromise with the Senate. And if you have a few that aren't worried about a government shutdown, if enough of them get together 
together and don't vote for these spending bills, then we run out the clock even further because this stuff is gummed up in the works and the politics of the House. Uh, Jay, how is the political wrangling aspect of this being affected by the fact that we were all told that after the raising the debt ceiling crisis was averted, that they had agreed to two years of spending and we would not have to be where we are now? That is exactly right. And that is a point that both the White House and House Republicans are making in different ways. So the debt ceiling fight, if you recall, was about raising the limit on what is essentially the government's credit card. A lot of that is paying for previous bills. This process is taking money that is already in the federal government's coffers or coming in and appropriating it to different places. This agency gets X amount, this agency gets Y amount, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the process we're in right now. But you're right. In the debt ceiling fight, the president and Speaker McCarthy agreed to certain spending cuts, and Republicans are going even further now in the appropriations process and making even deeper cuts. And what Republicans have said is that the president and the speaker agreed to a cap on spending cuts, but you can go further than that cap if you wanted to. And what the White House is saying is, whoa, 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 we've agreed to this stuff, and you want to go even further. It's tough to get into some of this finer points of what Republicans want to cut, because a lot of it is going to get ironed out with the Senate, which is controlled by Democrats. And you're going to get something that's probably a more compromised piece of spending legislation. But how far do we go and how long does it take to get to that compromise is still unclear. And again, they got to pass this stuff by the end of September to avert a shutdown, and that every passing day is looking less and less likely. Now, a shutdown, just to be clear, it doesn't stop Social Security payments. It doesn't stop things like Medicare, but it does stop what the government calls non-essential services, and that means a lot of federal employees would go unpaid. A lot of offices, like the Social Security office, would take longer to get back to you. It would be a big headache for a lot of people. Jay O'Brien, thanks for the breakdown. Appreciate it. Thank you. Off he goes there, Jay, in Washington for ABC News and for KFI. We've got Fred Rogan coming up, Dave Coons. We've got Jane Wells. We've been uh, talking to Steve Gregory about some breaking news he will bring us. Uh, we're calling it Shannon and Friends today. <laughs> <laughs> it's like night of too many stars, except it's daytime and most of us are not. Hey, come hang out with me. Uh, so we've got a couple of true crime stories to get you updated on. Uh, have you paid much attention to this Lori Vallow Daybell story? Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Uh, do we want to recap quickly in yes. case people are not? Well, uh, so first of all, I mean, I might start at a different place than you would start. Because I, have a, I, may, I might have a different perspective. The, the, the first thing is um, she's on her fifth husband. So there's that flag. Mm -hmm. And the fourth husband was shot to death by uh, one of her relatives, I think. It was a brother, I believe. Her brother or something. And then and the brother was... ended up dead, too? Yes. Yes. So there, there's all be, before the horrors of the main case even begin. There's a history of weirdness and death that follows this woman around. And so. It, Go ahead. I was just going to say, in fact, uh, to, to your point, 
I remember watching body cam footage when it was outside the home where her brother was shot or something of that nature. I think it was the brother that was shot. It's hard to keep track with all the bodies with this woman. And the officer, the investigating officer is interviewing her. And she seems very obtuse and kind of just scattered, but very pretty. And the officer almost seems like distracted by that. He's not getting answers from her. And she's kind of pulling the damsel in distress routine. And it's working in this body cam footage. And I just, at that moment, I wondered how much her looks played into people not suspecting her of killing her former husband and uh, former new husband's ex-wives and then the children. Well, that's the main case here is uh, her two children go missing. She doesn't report it. Eventually, their bodies are found buried on the property uh, of the man who at the time they disappeared, they were dating. And by the time the bodies were found, they were married. And that's why she's now no longer Lori Vallow. She's Lori Vallow Daybell because she married Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow Daybell was convicted of six counts, two a first degree murder, three conspiracy counts and a grand theft count. Because guess what? Her kids disappeared, finger quotes, and she didn't tell anybody because she kept collecting Social Security benefits that Gross. they were receiving. Gross. That is so foul. I guess the big question today, because this is a open and shut case at this point with the amount of evidence that they have. Um, the question right now, I believe, is whether she'll address the court. She has mm. been silent for much of the trial. She hasn't spoken during closing. She's uh, showed little emotion throughout weeks of testimony. And it'll be interesting when you see all of the family members of the victims get up at that podium and tell her how... Her crimes have impacted their lives. She's never talked about missing her children. Uh, she's never talked about being sorry that she met Chad Daybell, that she has ever gotten any sort of idea that she was responsible for any of this. And so you know this, Wayne, as well as I do, that when a judge sees no remorse, he gives you the maximum sentence. Typically speaking, is she a big enough of an egomaniac to think there's something she can say that would successfully play on a judge's sympathy at this point. We, I guess we'll find out if she talks, but also I don't, there's no way she doesn't get life in prison. The only question is, does the court also stack some of these counts? So there are multiple life sentences consecutively or just impose everything concurrently. And it's a plain old life. If it's a plain old life, this can be reconsidered later by the Board of Pardons. If you stack a bunch of consecutive life sentences, you can ensure she never walks free again, no matter what, which seems to me to be what should happen here. Absolutely. Another case we have been focusing on is the story about Rex Hewerman. And more importantly, the story of Megan Waterman, 22, Melissa Bartholomew, 24, Amber Casello, 27, the three girls he's accused of killing. Uh, they were working as prostitutes and their bodies turned up wrapped in burlap on Long Island uh, 13 years ago now. I've been kind of obsessed with this case, Wayne, since I read a book about it, The Lost Girls, back in 2009. I believe it was 2010, somewhere around there. 
Uh, actually, it was 2013 when that book came out. My bad. The body started turning up in 2009, 2010. Um, but this is a guy who is leading a double life. We've seen it before with serial killers. We've seen it locally with serial killers. Um, he was a, a married father of two, and he lived there on Long Island, a successful architect working at a firm in Midtown Manhattan. And in his side job, his side life, he was murdering young girls. Uh, we heard last week even from other girls that he had tried to proposition that said that they get, they got a real bad feeling in their gut. And women, for, for all the wonderful magic that they are, have this wonderful ability to have that gut feeling when you're in in front of a bad dude it's just it's it's a wonderful thing that we have built into us and one of these women last week even talked about how she's out on this date with him and he starts asking her hey have you heard about these murders mm -hmm. like he was even like getting off on it you know like uh, talking about his own murders to a woman who presumably that night he wanted to add to that body count with and she took off well now we're hearing from his wife for the first time she, yeah, and uh, I will say, maybe to her credit, she spent a lot of time talking about how this has all affected the neighbors in the neighborhood with the law enforcement presence and the press presence. And she was talking about, listen, they have nothing to do with anything and they should be able to live their lives and walk their dogs and not have to put up with this circus. Um, and she also talked about have, getting over, like coming to terms with the house her house their house as a crime scene yeah how so, do you how do you live in that house you know I, if i if i if my husband had bodies buried in the backyard or whatever or had okay no that wasn't the case here they were all obviously found on long island but they did dig up the backyard to see if there was anything else but they also brought out a cooler they found mm -hmm. what was essentially a vaulted room uh, there yep. was a lot of uh, hidden secrets in that house that she would have been privy to uh, I'm sorry, Dottie Sandusky, but you're looking the other way for some of this stuff. Uh, so let's just do it because we don't have a ton of evidence as to this question. But I bet you have a gut feeling whether or not this woman knew what was going on or is truly a victim of a monster of a husband who kept his monstrous nature hidden. I just don't know how you would be able to hide that much. Um, I I, he, you're living in a home. It's not a big home. If, if my husband had a cooler in our home, and I, I don't know what was in that cooler, but I'd know about, I think it was odd. You know, if, if mm -hmm. he was, he was keeping trophies, uh, at least from some of the law enforcement sources, he was keeping trophies of these that girls. That is definitely the theory so, that you know, they're operating and, on. And how do you, if you know that, how do you continue to live in that house? It, it, it's just beyond me. Now, we did talk about how the police are citing people because there was concern, at least from the local leadership, that this house was becoming a death tour, a murder, true crime tourism, macabre scene uh, for people, looky-loos, to drive by and look and, and sh will the, the town be able to take over the house and, and get rid of it or, or what have you to avoid this in the future? Um, so I know that's a conversation on the table, but the fact that the wife is still living in inside there honey well she she may not have anywhere to go one last thing though she did, file, six. she did <laughs> she did file for divorce well that's great so yeah. that was a that was a decent move on that her part. was a good move uh do you hear about cardi b what she did I oh mean, <laughs> man 
I love artists fighting back uh, because there's this weird thing going on, this weird trend, and we've talked about it before, about people at concerts throwing things on stage. Well, over the weekend, someone threw their drink at Cardi B. She's at a club in Vegas. In response, she threw her microphone at the guy. Yeah. I mean... The, if you know these microphones, they are heavy. They are uh, they are weaponry. But you throw something on stage, I guess all bets well, are off. Was the drink was the drink in a glass? I mean, maybe what he threw. It's sort of like was it proportional response based on what was thrown at her? That is a good that is a good argument. I do not know. I've got to check out that video. We'll have all the answers coming up. It makes she's the wrong Monday. person. She's the wrong person to provoke. <laughs> there's that too. Well, right? Although I'll, pro I'll provoke her now. I, I like to say this whenever there's an opportunity. I'm like I've had an opportunity with you, and I know that you like her. Uh, Cardi B, terrible rapper. Well, really, really bad. I mean, really, really, really bad. Glad uh, that she does not listen to the show, pretty sure. Well, I'm sorry. And and people like Flo Millie and Tierra Wack and uh, even Megan Thee Stallion and all these people, they know what I'm they know what I'm talking about. Look at you, name dropper. Look at I'm you good. with your street cred rap game. Look, I would not I would never say somebody was a terrible rapper unless I could present you with many, many alternatives of, of people who are great rappers. Vice.com did a deep dive on people replacing booze with ketamine. And they chose somebody to profile, and his name is Lewis. Lewis did a massive bump of ketamine and crawled into bed when he heard about a federal judge declaring DACA illegal. Of course, it's susp uh, suspended applications for undocumented immigrants who came to U.S. and were hoping to be shielded from deportation. Lewis is 38 and he struggled with that news. Lewis, by the way, uses they, them pronouns, came to the country from Mexico as a teenager. And uh, Lewis says when he heard the judges ruling on DACA, I just remember the floor opening up and swallowing me whole. I was in a free fall, I could not breathe. After doing ketamine and turning on their color-changing LED lights. They put a set by German Deep House producer and DJ Ben Bomer on YouTube and lay in bed crying. What does this have to do with <laughs> the medical question of ketamine treatment for alcoholics? This sounds like a guy who got bummed out and got effed up. Lewis has a lot more going on. To get on. away from feeling pumped out. Lewis is said to have a complicated relationship with drugs. Mm. Lewis used meth daily for two years. Oh. For a time they were in a 12-step program but didn't identify with the abstinence only doctrine. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I think Lewis is not the poster child for people tucking away the booze and getting on the ketamine train. Why do they have to profile somebody who has so much else going on? Well, Vice News, you know, is having a lot of trouble and they filed for bankruptcy. And maybe that's the only person they could get to talk to them about ketamine. But boy, does that have nothing. Well, that don't, has make it, don't make it sound like it's pervasive, right? It ha that has nothing to do with what ostensibly the article is about, which is treating alcoholism 
with drugs like ketamine or I guess other disassociatives and what have you. And there's been a lot of writing and research about the use of psychedelics and dissociatives in intervening in uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, in substance abuse issues, and other things. But this guy's story has nothing to do with any of that. No, there's much more to his story uh, than simply ditching one for the other. Uh, ketamine, primarily known as a European club drug or a horse tranquilizer uh, as well. And like you said, it's become much more mainstream in the U.S. in the last uh, few years. It does produce psychedelic effects, but if you microdose it, they say it helps with the, the disorders that you were talking about as well. I mean, sure, if you do it enough, it's a drug that makes raves more fun, but if you take it in small doses, it's said to have great effects, and it's been used in legal therapeutic settings uh, for a while now. Um, more importantly, Wayne, uh, why do you think you're getting targeted ketamine ads? I don't know, but when I scroll through uh, Instagram, I constantly get an ad for a company called Mind Bloom, and they tout at home ketamine therapy where they will send you a kit and it has doses of ketamine and you get online with a therapist and I guess you take the ketamine. But I want to say something about this. It also comes with a blood pressure monitor because ketamine can raise your blood pressure to unsafe levels and you could die. So I thought, well, uh, to the extent that I'd have any interest in this, I no longer have any interest of this. That's because terrifying. if I have to monitor my blood. Yes. Yeah. But see, the thing about it is um, these the these kinds of drugs, what they think, what they think is that they can increase the neuroplasticity in your brain. Mm. So you take a little bit. And it literally allows you, you must have the therapy with it. You have to have top-notch guided therapy. And if you do that, the, it's not the drug that helps you. It's the drug that creates the neurological condition so the therapy can help you. Well, I don't know if you need to hear this, but I think your neuroplasticity is on point and needs no, no help. Can you can you for my birthday or whatever, can you find a card? Mm hmm. Is there is there a hey your neuroplasticity is awesome <laughs> card for special will, events you can I give will to people? I will create one. Do, um, do you have any interest in trying something like this? No, I I tried drugs and uh, it's not the '90s anymore. You can't do anything because they put fentanyl in everything, and I'm terrified of all of it. Like if, if, if I hear side effects like that, or you know mm -hmm. the the possibility that there's fentanyl in a Xanax or what have you, it terrifies me. You know, it's like the people that take the bath salts, knowing that there's maybe a slight chance you're going to start eating your friend's face. <laughs> like I stay away from that stuff. I will tell you that I get targeted ads, and it's driving me crazy on Instagram because I just like to look at pictures these days of uh, this woman in her bra strap it's like it, it's a bra, it's some sort of bra ad but it's a woman yeah. poking at her her bra fat and 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 she's just sitting there poking at it and this thing comes up like every other post for the past two weeks and it's like what are they trying to tell me did they did i post a picture where my bra fat is not on point like your neuroplasticity is is this a is this a, a product or something that helps eliminate your yes profit? yes ah and I don't know is why that I keep a problem? getting it. I guess it is a problem for me that I didn't know about. 
Isn't it the same? Isn't it the same fat in your body whether you're wearing a bra at the moment or not? Yeah, but when you put on a bra, it kind of squeezes the. Well, Wayne, I'm not going to woman's blame this to you. Uh, we're out of time. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank that. you for hanging out with me. Anytime. All right. When we come back, Steve Gregory joins us all about the latest in this investigation into the robberies slash murders that went on in Pasadena and Rancho Palos Verdes. Right here on Gary and Shannon. You've been listening to The Gary and Shannon Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Monday through Friday and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.